Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You have to wrap around like a towel <laughs> to say. No, because it literally, like, it's like a little piece of, like, plastic. And oh you just God. have to go. <laughs> like, you don't roll it over. Yeah. It's just like. I don't, I don't yeah. even know how to explain Listen, it. I'm like going to do my research. Don't worry. Just Google, yeah, Google like Passante cling film condom. Cling film. That's exactly what I want to put on my genitals. Right. And it feels like you're wearing nothing, honestly. Like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing Stupid, at all. sexy Osama. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet, the only podcast that uses cutting-edge science to answer the questions that you actually have. Things like, what's up with trees, why is the sky blue, and how many delivery drivers could Benedict Cumberbatch take in a fight? Lots. Yeah? At least eight. Exactly two. (laughs) As always, I'm your host, Alex Lathbridge. I'm a PhD student in biochemistry and computational biology, a comedian, and I really, really enjoy McDonald's chips. Yes. No, I'm like, all about KFC. <laughs> no, I had sauce. no, no, no. McDonald's chips are the best chips. I Isn't re- that the one? Aren't McDonald's chips the one that got into trouble for using beef fat and upsetting a lot of Hindu people? Beef fat? No beef. beef. I was like beef fat. That's been fucking difficult. <laughs> yeah. this, is no, this isn't doing the hey, bad. I need like, some beef fat. <laughs> On my left, as always, I have Oz Ismail. Oz is a PhD student in neuroimaging and dementia, a Tinder aficionado, and an awkward advice guru. Advice is the main word there. <laughs> not awkward. We're not going to go with the qualifier. <laughs> advice. It's all advice. He gave me some very useful advice today. What so. was it? <laughs> he showed me a new type of thing. I can't go into details. No, it's very <laughs> private. That's why not a dark after dark. <laughs> after dark. That damn show. <laughs> is that when we all get um, destroyed and replaced by like the cast of QI? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Slightly no. inferior too show. Dark, too dark. <laughs> too dark. And that's the opposite. The opposite of dark. Anyway, on my right, I have Sahel Patel. Sahel is an amazing journalist. He makes brilliant videos for the BBC. And he now knows a lot more about niche condoms. Thanks, that's, Oz. That, uh, that's true. And I mean, you've, you've changed my life. it away. <laughs> Oz, you've changed my life. This that's is gonna... what I do. You call it awkward <laughs> advice, Alex, but it's very useful life <laughs> advice. It's true. If you say so. <laughs> so, guys, what have you been up to this week? Um, so, I've had a great week. Uh, 
Earlier this week, I had my visa appointment to go to the States. So how did that go, Ozama? <laughs> oh my God, I was so nervous. And I got at every stage, I'm like, they're going to say something about how I look or my name. They were really nice. And they were like, yeah, your visa's approved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm off to the States, you guys. He's got, hopefully you can come back one day. I mean, don't make it dark. <laughs> I hope I can come back too. Please come back. Don't leave us. <laughs> so, hell, what have you been up to this week? Uh, just the same as usual, man. Just surviving, thriving, yeah. eating some biscuits. No fruit, though. <laughs> what happened to fruit? Fruit is gone, man. What? Uh, smoothies now, smoothies. More efficient consumption of fruit. <laughs> Pulverize that fruit. Oh. Drink it up. But you need to chew, you know, it's good for the jawline, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. bullshit. No, no. <laughs> it's good for the jaw, <laughs> maybe, but not jaw. My, my jawline. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, just keep that jaw moving. Ooh. Oh, that Ooh. became too sexual. Uh, another one, another thing is I've been, I've got this stand-up comedy set coming up. Yeah. Woo -woo. Next Saturday. Which I've been thinking about preparing for. Yeah. I haven't prepared yet. Yeah. So by the time this goes out, you know, he'll have smashed it, but you can hear now the trepidation in his voice. Uh, so anyone who was there on the night, like you can hear it. You can hear the, you can compare yeah. and contrast. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you heckled him. <laughs> I'm <laughs> expecting lots of heckles. I haven't written the material, so I'm just hoping everyone heckles me and that'll give me <laughs> lots of... <laughs> So lots basically, you're going that. down the improv route, really. <laughs> I don't know what the scientific term for it is, but... Aggressive improv. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone just make fun of me. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> Aggressive crowdsourcing. Oh, yeah. Now, this week, I have done jack shit, really. What? That's good, though. No, no. Alex, Mr. Always Doing Shit. Uh, no, this week, I... What did I do? I have just been writing a paper. Um... Yeah, and drinking a lot of coffee. Um, um, had a couple of meetings with. Um, ooh, check you oh, out. Oi, 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 oi. Do I come to you when you're making smoothies, when you're recommending niche? sexual objects <laughs> do i do i do i blow up your spot no no so be happy for me be i am happy, happy for you i'm really happy for no, you again those things like 90 percent of those things 95 percent of them um end up in nothing but it's it's always nice to have but that five percent alex that's what that's what matters my week has been very dry very boring and i've been looking forward to this recording because we're doing a book review oh my god yeah. oh my god like Alex, I spent all my life reading stuff. Yeah. Why are you making this work? <laughs> so guys, this week we are reviewing a book. We're reviewing, what's the book, Sahel? It's called Biff and Chip, Excellent Adventures. <laughs> oh shit, did I read the wrong book? Fuck. Damn, it's like book club all over again. What I like is that Oz didn't grow up in the UK, so has no idea about the book we're talking about. But you mean Kipper gets the magic key? Is that not the, the thing? Yeah. No? Is that? Yeah. No. Uh, Give me the elevator pitch of this book. So essentially, <laughs> that, okay. this week we're reviewing a book, guys. We are reviewing The Order of Time by Carlo Rovelli. Weirdly, I didn't have the time to listen to it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oz, I know you feel super know weird about reading mm. feel guilty yeah i mean if i'm not reading a scientific paper i just you know 
I just can't. It just puts a mental block on me. No, I, I have the exact feeling as well. Like I feel guilty for reading anything that isn't to do with my work. But this was great because we got sent some audiobooks by Penguin Random House. And uh, yeah, this is a real interesting book because it's about time. Time, time, time. You see what I did there? Rosemary and time? No, no, it's about time. So <laughs> It's about the herb. It's, oh, oh it's the wordplay I got there. Thank you. I got Thank there. you. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Fucking working with amateurs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So guys, what did you guys think of the book? I mean, I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I think that's a pretty conclusive finding there. So <laughs> that's my review of the book. Uh, I mean, it was narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. I mean, he... so Oz, how did you not listen to it? <laughs> I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch should be looked at. <laughs> should be seen and not. <laughs> what is this? He's a beautiful man and he should be just, you know, when you, you look at him, and everything time just stops okay <laughs> and that's what happened to me is that what this this podcast is going to be yeah. it's going to be a series of of temporal puns <laughs> basically <laughs> okay for mr i didn't listen to it you, you can you can think about that okay <laughs> me, i'll sit in my corner and think about benedict cumberbatch me and sahel are going to discuss this book yeah you know so like Reading. sahel what did you think about it uh do you know what man i was actually I thought it was quite interesting. I think it just needs, you need some time to get into it. It's so one of those things. what is it like, what is it about? Well, firstly, the book is about um, time. Obviously it's called the Order of Time and it's about um, the kind of nature of time and how the differences in how we perceive it compared to actually what it is. So it's very like philosophy of science, a bit philosophy of maths. Um, and it's, I mean, it's quite a complicated topic, but I think it's, it's interesting to listen to if you stick with it. So yeah, so this book was written by Carlo Rovelli. He's an Italian quantum physicist. And he's a guy that also like studies philosophy as well, I guess. Um, he's most well known for a previous book called Seven Brief Lessons on Physics. Mm. And but yeah, he's massively into like philosophy of science, which I think you kind of have to be when you're a quantum physicist, because a lot of those questions become like questions of the universe. Yeah. And how you can understand that. Absolutely. I think one of the things is, is I, I was a bit like if the thing is I'd done a bit of philosophy of science at uni so I went into this already having some ideas around it but like I think f if you're a person who's not interested in that topic it's going to come across as a little bit pretentious at times and yeah. difficult to understand is that why they used Benedict Cumberbatch to I, read the book I actually think it is because <laughs> yeah it's a bit I I I genuinely love I love the concept of the book and mm. what it's trying to discuss mm. but Carlo Rovelli sort of he writes in incredibly flowery ways and yeah. I completely understand it because it's like me when I'm trying to give a seminar talk uh, on my my work and it's like I want to show you just how complicated this is so I'm going to dumb it down for you and have you understand that you can't understand it that's the level you get to you don't really understand the the concept of what he's really trying to get to i feel like yeah is time real you know uh is the nature of time what is the nature of time uh it is how i perceive time the same as you perceiving time absolutely those are yeah. all like deep philosophical questions but uh, this is this is where i get confused about quantum physics as a thing 
is it even real? Like what? <laughs> what the fuck? As as a, as scientists, right? Like okay, for me as a biologist, I can see things, right? I look at organs or cells, and I can see things like actually happening. Is that because? that's how my brain is wired that i understand it and that for me quantum physics is like magic okay so we can actually answer that question sort of looking at the book a bit okay yeah so um the basis for a lot of the book is um einstein's um theory of relativity yeah so or even just just looking at relativity itself so if we go way back and we look at um Aristotle, because what uh, Ravelli did, he talks about um, Newton, Aristotle, Einstein. So Aristotle was saying that time itself is a measurement of change. So uh, if nothing in the universe changed, then there would be no need for time mm. because time is only a product of change or time only serves to measure change. Yeah. That's what Aristotle was saying. Right. That's what I understand from the book anyway. Mm. Um, and then Isaac Newton, um, he said that he sort of disagreed with what Aristotle was saying yeah. when he was saying that there is like actual a true time, like true time ticking across the universe. As independent to yeah. our perception. So yeah. so it's it's there. It's, it's a thing that whether we can perceive it or not, there is a true time. Mm. Like it's so, so based on that, the time that we perceive is our perception of it it's not real time yeah so this is where it gets real fucking weird okay (laughs) no honestly this this book like this book i felt i don't know about you sahel but this is where it gets really fucking weird Mm. um because then you start talking about einstein um and einstein's work in like space time Mm. he einstein was like okay aristotle your ideas of time being measurement of change and newton your idea of being there being true time that takes across the universe um, even though both of you would disagree like one's disagreeing with another you're both correct so aristotle's correct with time flowing in relation to other things happening so there being an idea of before and after um and newton is sort of correct with an idea of absolute time mm. which is where um einstein starts talking about space time bringing the idea of time and space are sort of this one thing they're intrinsically linked yeah yeah yeah. so think about like you've got a rubber sheet you put a massive ball in the middle you know like uh you get a rubber sheet yeah and put a ball Mm. in the middle you know how it'll warp that it'll warp time yeah 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 yeah. so if you think of time as that big rubber sheet in the ball as um like an object that warps gravity around it and so that's how you can get um time affecting that's how time and so that um is an example of how time can be warped um relative to space that makes sense yeah but again it does make sense like Mm. because you've explained it like in a visual way Mm -hmm. using physical things Mm -hmm. but in my mind when i try to translate that to the actual space and actual time i'm just like it's magic so like one really good example he gives is the fact that like if you're speaking to someone on the phone yeah you're speaking to let's say Oz you're off to America uh, I'm calling you in Portland there's going to be a slight delay between me in London and you in Portland like a few milliseconds yeah okay so if I'm like hey what's happened to you right now and then you say ah I'm doing this right now I don't actually know about what you're doing right now I know about what you're doing four milliseconds ago relative to me 
Sure, but also like mm. then you had to factor in like the, the physical things that cause the delay exactly. anyway. Exactly. No, that's no. But you don't have to factor those in. But so you're saying theoretically, the, regardless of the delay and like the like the telecoms no, delays no, no, and no. stuff, we're actually talking about the fact because of the telecoms delay. Okay. Because okay. Of the, like mm. that. That you know, I'm listening to you four milliseconds ago. Right. Right. And us speaking even right now, there's a very slight lag between me speaking. The vibrations in the air, mm-hmm. you hearing it, you processing it, yeah, that delay. Yeah. So if I'm like, what are you doing right now? I'm looking at you. <laughs> exactly. But like, what I'm really hearing about what you're doing is what you were doing, like that fraction of a time before. Right. And so it's all of those things that are like, okay, what is time? Time is, is it? It's. It can time ever be objective? Well, what he's talking about in here, it really isn't. And is time fundamental to the universe? Well, sort of, we find out in here, it really, really isn't. So, mm. if time is subjective and not fundamental, um, what the fuck is time? It's like, yeah, that's so. Do you know what that 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 was really interesting? Yeah, I got to admit, like that was a really interesting fact. And the fact that you know, you're talking about present, like present is a transient thing. Yeah, it's like now. What is now? Now is. It's like he uses the example of like, who am I? Mm. I'm a collection of different events and different like reactions that gives me my sense of self and against now it is like that yeah it's a collection of things happening at a specific moment which gives you the illusion of now and this is the present but it's not really and that fucking blows your mind man yeah like, okay okay so like one of the like i thought one of the most interesting things that, that mm. was brought up like really really early in the book right yeah was that local time yeah versus, clock time yeah, yeah like yeah. so a clock at the top of the mountain um uh, uh, and then you have a clock on the floor. Mm-hmm. The clock at the top of the mountain, time will pass more quickly up there um, compared to the ground based on just differences in gravity. I mean, I don't know how big the difference is in that perception of time. Okay, but, so question. Mm. What you really know about me? <laughs> hey, hey, that's such a great song. Hey. <laughs> um Okay, but then like now, okay, this is, yeah. I, I'm like b- breaking it down to just basic, right? Now I'm picturing a clock at the top of a mountain, mm-hmm. a clock right down here. Mm-hmm. But that's like not the time, the clock is moving in a sort of mechanical way. So then you're saying that that clock is not measuring real time because that clock will still move at the same rate. My understanding from the book, and if there are physicists listening, people who understand it who are like, you are completely fucking wrong. Um, blame the book. Um, <laughs> it is a bit rambly at times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the book, um, yeah, it, it's narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch, as you mentioned, mm. and so for, man. for a lot of it, um, it does sound a bit like Doctor Strange being a bit yeah. drunk and trying yeah. to explain. He's like, like time, time. <laughs> and time once again, and time and a footnote, yeah. page seven. Like it's it's <laughs> it's, it's real. It's it's really flowery. Like it's written beautifully. It's like a. It's written. Be- it's written really like a book of poetry is written. It is quite nice, yeah. but it doesn't get to the facts very easily. And I mm. think it's because the concept is so fucking difficult. Yeah, it I was is. just about to yeah. say, like how it's so, it's so tough to to understand. But I, yeah, as a concept, it is difficult. I think by thirty minutes in, you you are committed to it, and it starts to make sense. So that's like a few chapters in. Yeah. yeah so you have to really commit to it. I think one of the things is he does kind of ramble around things, and you know he kind of gets the stuff in his own good time, mm, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's like it's a guy that 
clearly knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because he knows his stuff, he's taking liberties with it and packaging it up to be quite simple for other people. But in his sort of idea of what simple for other people is or what people will understand, it gets a bit convoluted. Like he makes a lot of references to uh, what some people would consider classics, so like Greek classics, Beethoven, mm. Kant, Buddhist scripture and Shakespeare and stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea about I did Shakespeare at school. I, are these other Listen, things what? Alex, I studied philosophy and I didn't know half the stuff he was talking about. It is, I mean, what is accessible to him might be different to yeah. the general audience, but who is this book for? The general audience yeah. is, is actually for us. That's the thing. Do you know one thing though, I'd say it's good to listen to as a pod, like not a podcast, but audio book, because you can kind of dip in and out. Like mm. there was points where I dipped out and I came back in and I could still kind of understand what was going on. Mm. So it's good just to listen to and jump in and out because it is so well written, flowery and, you know, Benedict Cumberlatch is doing it and, you know, it's quite good to listen to, but whether you're, it's a coherent narrative and you can listen to it, it's a sustained period, it's quite difficult. Yeah. Um, and I imagine it would be a lot more difficult to read as a book. Yeah. Um, I found it a bit easier to listen to. It was nice to listen to at parts, you know. But yeah, mm. now nah, for you, Oz, uh, mm. I got a couple of quotes. Um, and what he's talking about with, you remember I, Newton's idea of absolute time? He was saying that Newton's idea of absolute time is like the point at the end of the rainbow where it touches the forest. We think we can see it. So this idea of true time, you know, that's completely objective and not relative to our own perceptions of the world. Uh, we think we can see it, but if we look for it, we can't ever find it. Oh my God. <laughs> and that is what absolute time is. We always think we can get a perfectly objective absolute time, but it's always going to be in relation to something else. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, that. I found that super interesting. The idea of like local time, like local time affecting each other. Yeah. And then that creating an overall sense of time, which is, uh, what is it? They call- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The T Prime, Prime, yeah. yeah, which is kind of like, I guess it's like an averaging of mm. that. But what thing I found most interesting was that there's no difference between the past and the future. 
that conclusion blew my mind, dude. Like, like it, it threw me a little bit. Yeah. A lot of these things, like when it comes to physics and time, like it, I have to really piecemeal it together. Mm. I'm like, okay, what do I actually understand? Because this is really sort of complicated. Like it dips into things that I kind of get, like the idea of entropy, which is like disorder. So disorder um, mm. starts off incredibly low with the Big Bang, yeah. probably the most ordered the universe has ever been, and entropy is always increasing. Yeah, so that's the second law of thermodynamics. Bam, right? bam, yeah. yeah. So entropy is always, always uh, increasing. And the reason why that's so interesting is because you have uh, one example he gives is that, you know, we're saying that you're saying mm. past and future is like the mm. same. Mm. He, he starts off sort of talking about that. And then there's this bit where he's like, okay, the only way you can tell uh, whether a video is moving like backwards or forwards, like if you had a video of me waving, like play it backwards, you play it forwards, you can't tell. So time is the same, mm. past to present, pre present to past, going future. But that, but that's specifically because you're doing the same motion, uh, right? But but that's that's the thing. But that can be applied to so many things. But he said the only way you can signify whether something is moving backwards or forwards is like if you had a ball, a video of a ball rolling down a hill. Uh, and if you played it backwards, you'd be able to see something going from static to uh, motion. And that's the idea that that is something with um, decreasing entropy, which is because when you're, it's going from state of uh, friction to friction less. Because think about when you're rolling a ball, it generates uh. heat. So you know that it can't ever go from spontaneous to just moving. And so stuff like that. So he uses entropy. It's a really good way of talking about the passage of time. Mm. And that is being sort of one of the things that allows us to perceive time and how like a great conclusion of it is we perceive time because we are attuned to a tiny slice of reality that has this peculiar orientation in time in that we are beings that are made of time. So yeah. What? I know, I know. It's, it's so mind-blowing. It's like, a fucking, like, the yeah. internet, I think, is a fucking mind-blowing book. Um, and for people who are listening, who are like, yo, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Mm. I was expecting dick jokes yeah. um, and occasional forays into science and tech related around me as an ethnic minority and a millennial. Well, sometimes- uh, We do uh, we real do, shit. We do real shit. Um, <laughs> and like- <laughs> And Oz just sits there being fucking mind-blowing. <laughs> like, I feel as though this book is, it's a really good coffee table book. Really? I feel as though it's one of those books you can dip in and you're like, oh, look how cultured I, mean, I am. I would leave it on yeah. my coffee table for like that odd, like clever Tinder date. Yeah. That, you know, I feel like, as oh yeah, I have substance to yeah. this. Uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> Rosemary. <laughs> I, I feel as though it's one of those books that in 10 years, 15 years time, you're going to see those wanky people who are like oh yes i read order of time when i was 12. it's like on their like yeah. wooden bookshelf yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Look how great i am oh, <laughs> yeah oh i only i read the first edition of order of time oh you know in the same way you have people who are like that with um a brief history of time by stephen hawking and stuff um at the same time i don't think that takes away from how well written the book is it's just that for me personally i don't know how you guys feel mm. I don't feel like I got to the core of anything. I think it, it, it touched on good ideas. It got me thinking about things. 
Definitely, and um, it, it was interesting to listen to. I wish they, to be honest, I wish they used like a different voice. I wish they used something like, um, you know, that guy from um, that show, Do- Don't Get Dommed. They should use that guy. Who? Sorry, Don't Get Dommed. <laughs> don't get, do you know, do you know that guy from that TV show? He's like, no. Dom, my name is Dom, and I'm going to help you. Oh, don't get in. <laughs> oh, fucking the guy off Rogue Traders. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I thought you said Don't Get Dommed, as in like a BDSM thing. Like, uh, no, no, no. I was no. like, you can just. Just, just you say your safe word. Just uh, say your safe word. It's pistachio. Just when I was interested. Uh, pistachio. No so, man. When do you ever say pistachio during sex? Uh, <laughs> do you want to get into that? Uh, probably not. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> no, but honestly, as in, it needed a more accessible voice. Like, I mean, Benedict, yeah. he did a good job on it, but it's just like to make that. Bit you more leave Benedict alone. No, it's true yeah. though, because like, and this guy. Carlo Rovelli, he's talking about, you know, such a, a high level concept and he's bringing it down for people who don't understand, you know, quantum loop, whatever. Mm. And, you know, the idea that um, our entire reality isn't created out of anything consistent, but sort of, it isn't created out of lines. It's created out of lines that when you zoom in, they're tiny, tiny, tiny dots. You're talking about quarks and all that subatomic particles. And at that quantum level, space and time uh, no longer really exist. And so if there is no no fundamental time, a fundamental level, Mm. when you scale it out to look at the world, is time still really a thing? So those are the sorts of high level things he's talking about. And but, he's using Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. But also, like, these are these are ideas and exactly. theories, aren't exactly. they? I mean, like, a lot of them have been explained. So in his one of his previous books, I forget the name, um, it's not the seven brief lessons in physics. It's like, um, oh, another one. I'll, I'll find the name. Um, in one of his previous books, he did talk about quantum um, loop theory, like his, his area of um, physics. And so I feel as though there are some bits in the middle um, where they're sort of a bit weak that have been discussed in his like previous books. Yeah. But like, it's still so fucking difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel as though that's the curse of physics, um, science books, that they can never really be truly accessible without giving up a lot. No, but I agree with you to a degree. You know, you can't simplify complex ideas. But there are a lot of times in that book where I was like, just cut that whole part. That didn't add anything to my understanding. <laughs> cut that out. No, fuck it. Cut that. You don't need to. You don't need to tell me every footnote. Like, yeah, it's like. Yeah, like it's like, come on, man. But it's that it's that the curse of just Audio scientists. Books. Yeah, like, but I'm like, if we gonna... want to tell everyone like every detail because we think it's important. Absolutely, but look, as a non-scientist, I'd say, look, I listened to that book wanting to get a general idea around some of the complex you talking, complex ideas you're talking about, not necessarily hear every footnote. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man, like, give me the yeah. good shit, right? Like, I don't want to hear every single reference to, um, you know, the children of greek gods or you know in the greek myths I don't, i'm not here to yeah. hear all of that i'm not here to hear about beethoven's symphony it's not here to hear about Immanuel kant i'm not here to hear about esoteric buddhist literature i get it you're well read you're a guy who's able to do advanced quantum mm. research as well as write a book I can. I get that you're smart. You don't need to keep telling me how smart you are. Yeah, but is like that why it's all there? I feel it's to stroke his own ego, isn't yeah. it? To a degree, I'm. I'm. That's out of order, maybe, but that's how I feel for I, some of it. A, a part of yeah. me is. I feel, and I feel as though those are the circles that 
perhaps the people who read these sorts of books generally are yeah. in yeah the i am very smart kind of people yeah and i feel like that's a line i've been pushing the entire right, episode right. but like that's how i felt yeah just going I, through it i feel yeah maybe we're projecting our own interpretation yeah insecurities on it but look at the end of the day if they were trying to make a book that's appealing to um you know people who are not into science you know it's not this book it's not this book <laughs> look come on i i'm i'm interested in philosophy of science and i struggled with it at times so that's my take on it I mean, look, I'm almost finished with a PhD. <laughs> and exactly, like, here's the thing. We have to read so much, like, bullshit text anyway as PhD like students, right? Yeah. I would like this book to be written in the style of The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, yes. A picture book that I can just flip and, like, chill out and just mm. understand visually. Let me okay. give you, you know, I was going to say, let me give you a good example. Um, in terms of hi historical literature, there's a really good book. It's called The Black Jacobins by C.L.R. James. And that is a history book that is interesting from start to finish. And, you know, because C.L.R. James wrote that book f to be interesting. Now, this book, I'm sure he had the intention of making it interesting, but it is, for me, a part that's very inaccessible. But also, I, I wonder, it makes me wonder whether this book was written in terms of the audience, not just for like a, a sort of people who are interested in science, but also mm. maybe age factors in. Would mm. we look at this in five, ten years and be like, oh, my God, this book is so interesting because at that stage we are up for reading that kind of because at the moment it feels mm. like mm. we don't want to read such heavy text. Yeah, maybe like, that's much it. like maybe not the audience. Yeah, know? like I, yeah. I remember like when I was younger, like history lessons used to piss me off. I'm like, I mm. don't need to know about stuff that has already happened. Mm. Whereas now history is the most interesting thing ever for me. Like mm. learning about shit that happened, how that shaped the world. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder if in 10 years time, I'll read this book and I'll go, oh, I get why this book was written. Mm. Mm. A part of me agrees, but another part of me is kind of like, oh my God. Like, I think just from the reference, like even the references um, that are used, like, it's just like, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough to connect with it. Um, and when you're trying to ground something like this in the real world, um, it becomes very, very, very difficult. Um, yeah. So his previous book, uh, where he sort of discussed this idea of loop quantum gravity that he works on, it's called Reality is Not What It Seems. Um, and again, people praising that, like this book, for being clear, lyrical, and readable. Um, and sort of the same as this book. Uh, this book is meant to argue that the universe isn't made up of things, but it's made up of events. Um, so it's not a an order of like queuing it's a crowd if that makes sense it's like a network of yeah. events affecting that, that each other. that's the way and the way we're perceiving it is time mm. is a river um but like it's more like ripples in the ocean isn't it you know yeah. that's what it is it's like different events like time is a consequence of variables yeah. that we perceive but it doesn't actually i mean exist in space-time but the way we in kind of interpret time is different because of yeah. the circumstances which we live like this podcast will sound amazing if you are blitzed 
Hey, 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 you're like super stone right now. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this podcast will sound amazing. <laughs> Yo, man, so I'm not saying, I'm, I, I personally do not partake in, in illicit narcotics, but I'm just saying, like, live your life. Listen, just lie up a bit of oregano. Yeah. <laughs> just chill back. <laughs> Get that herb in you and listen to this oh shit. God, like, it's just, it's such a weird. Well, this is the thing. This is why I, I struggle to even start listening to this book because quantum physics is so like theoretical and it's so full of ideas and i i think it's just the way my brain works i want to know real like stuff that i can see and understand mm. i can see things happening and that's why i struggle with anything that's quantum physics-y i think really like one of his key strengths even though i've, I've spent a lot of time saying just how trash this book is <laughs> like one of his key strengths i feel is that ability to explain why you don't understand it. Mm. So he might spend a hundred pages explaining this concept and he'll spend a couple of pages explaining why you don't understand it. And one of the most interesting things is him talking about the fact that time itself, whilst not being universal, not being a fundamental thing, um, it's an idea born of our perspectives and where we are in reality, you know, we as humans or you know we as living beings so it's that we don't have the language to truly understand it you know our language now is better than 500 600 700 years ago um to explain sort of time in the passage of time you think ancient greeks um, ancient people you know using sand to explain the passage of time and whereas now we have you know quantum whatever's to talk about time and all of this. So we're getting more knowledge and more language and we can tease it apart a bit better, but it's still not at a stage where I can be like, this is this, this is this, this is this, this is this, this is simple. But, like we have mm, in biology. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like, you know, I'm gonna put forward an unpopular opinion. <laughs> That's what as, you're here for. As just a, just a regular guy on the street, mm. right? Why does it matter? <laughs> well, do you know, the interesting thing is you're saying, how does it translate to my real life? Well, he talks about that. He's like, some of the greatest scientists are people who look at things and see what the, what they are in reality. So, mm -hmm. you know, he used the example of um, in the observation, the world is around the scientists or the first person to make that observation. He looked at, well, this is what he uses in the book, but he looked at the sun moving up and down over the earth and he made the observation that in fact that the, we're spinning around the sun now that's the great thing about you know science the scientists is that you you know can make these observations around the world and you know you might say oh what relevance does this time have to my perception of the world well it helps us make decisions and act in the world and that is an evolutionary adaptation of humans, but independent of that, of our experience, what is the physical world? And that is the, what we're trying to understand here in physics, isn't it? You know, what is the world independent of our experience? And that goes back to basic philosophy. You know, Kant um, introduced the idea of there's a world separate to what we perceive. And that's really where a lot of quantum physics kind of comes in. Well, it was Kant the guy that had the brain in the jar argument? Possibly. It rings a bell. Wait, what's this? You know, the brain in the jar argument, the idea that we mm. are just brains. Uh, you know, what would the world Absolutely. be Absolutely. Like? He was one of the first people to bring that f idea forward, that the world that we perceive is different 
we perceive the world within the confines of our mind and he uses the distinction of the phenomena and the phenomena of the world and you know that is where a lot of modern science and, and you know I could be wrong but that from my understanding it's a lot of modern science looks at oh no right? brain of that is Descartes but yeah, yeah yeah no yeah but I think that's really interesting mm. the idea that this you don't really have it with biology textbooks definitely not chemistry textbooks physics and philosophy they work really well together I think mm. but it's quite it's high. abstract thinking it's you have to think abstractly because yeah. the things you're thinking about you can't necessarily see them or perceive them you have to think about them once you have a kind of an understanding then you can do the scientific or empirical method to prove your ideas is what I think he says in the book mm. and you know having that vision is actually really a powerful tool in understanding the world and you know in science in general even even though we badmouth a lot, I think we what, haven't bad. We haven't badmouth. I think expectations were high. A book critiqued called, it. <laughs> yeah, if you got a book called The Order of Time, I want to hear some good shit. And I did hear some good stuff. I got to say, I feel like if you took the boring bits out, like no, as in not the <laughs> Alice is laughing. As in, if you take, if you, I take all the trash it just needs to be abridged a bit. Look, Penguin House, give me a shout, bro. You know, my fees are reasonable. I'll bridge that shit for you. I'll make it good to listen to, man. Put some sound effects in a couple explosions and that. <laughs> so, Ozzy, what we talked about, are you going to go away and listen to this book? I'm going to try. Like, I'm still wondering why <laughs> like you know like it's so intense and i'm just wondering what i'm going to what, how it's going to change my perception of time because mm. to me time i just understand time as the, the basic thing that i see on my watch you know yeah and like that's the most useful time is to me i mean you see that watch and another watch completely different so mm. good stuff in there needs to if they want to make it more accessible then they just need to bridge it and just make it a bit more, you know, accessible for people. But, you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, I'm oh, not going to lie, I enjoyed listening to it. Maybe they don't want to, yeah. maybe maybe Carlo Rovelli has like hit his market because he's mm. he's written, you know, three, maybe he's written, you know, multiple books. And so he's obviously got a market, got a captive market for this. Yeah, and so yeah. there are people that love it. Like I was reading, I was flicking through some Guardian Times, like, all of those uh, reviews of it and people like love it mm. so maybe we're the ones who are wrong yeah but you know yeah. I, I guess you know again it's like how do you want to it depends who you're targeting and how you want to approach that mm. um, but you know saying that like I did say I did find it interesting but I think they miss an opportunity in a sense by trying to involve a wider audience in, in this I guess does mm. that make sense it does but I think it's all like with anything it's, all, it's always hard isn't it to 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 capture everybody yeah yeah and that's that's the beauty yeah. of the human condition is yeah. that we all have opinions and perceptions and understandings of things and what we consume is kind of up to us yeah. isn't it i love that we do a critique and then uh oz comes in with well maybe criticism is just super subjective <laughs> and is it even fundamental uh, <laughs> does criticism even exist I who am i what like, is time just like to stay open to all <laughs> guys we've come mm. to the end of the episode it's yeah. been a weird time it's been a weird one i mean how many how many more times can you say time listen you can say a lot of times yeah. listening to the audio <laughs> i feel as though would people get a better experience if they took this episode download it and played it backwards <laughs> it's like, maybe it's the same thing really it's the same thing really <laughs> in any case uh 
I have been your host, Alex Lathbridge. I've been joined by Oz and Sahail. See you later. What's up? And this has been Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? Or has it? Peace. (laughs) (laughs) So you might be thinking, oh my God, how do I hear more about this amazing podcast that combines humor, entertainment, pop culture, and cutting edge science? Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys are geniuses and I have questions only they can answer. Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys aren't even real doctors and I know way more about science than them and I want them to know this. So how do I let them know this as quickly as possible? So what you've got to do for us right now is leave us an iTunes review. I know you hear it everywhere, but it's super important because we want that sweet internet validation. Or you can send us your questions or comments by email. It's at whynotdoc at gmail.com. And if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, you can go by social media. It's at whynotadoc on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, iTunes review, follow us on social media, annoy us by email. Thanks. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.